Hey, this is Skyler Bible. You're on Monday Morning Critic Podcast. I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. insolence to Java. He'd have fed you to his menagerie. Please. Speak freely. In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. Skylar Bible is a talented actor whom you can find in First Man, The Wolf at Snow Hollow, and currently playing on Disney Plus, The Book of Boba Fett. Welcome, Skylar Bible. Skylar, thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, man. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I, where do I start here? Um, so, Skylar, just curious, because I'm trying to put some pieces together, especially early on. I, I know kind of some of early on, but where specifically are you from, Skylar? Uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you grew up in Santa Barbara. You're, you're, you're the kid that, you know, is is kind of is, is moved by a... Um, being in a, in a play eventually in high school, uh, you, you're, you're not so great you're, when you first start, but you, you kind of ease your way into it. You tell me from your point of view, I mean, that's kind of what I know. I mean, I could be off, but right, right. tell me how this journey starts for you, right? Where, where, where does this thing really create momentum for you? Yeah. Um, so I kind of started in like musical theater and quickly found out that my, uh, singing and dancing ability wasn't the best, <laughs> but I like the acting. I like being, you know, in on stage and, um, just like, you know, finding different characters and kind of all that. And I found plays in high school and, um, fell into those and fell in love with the people. And I'd always been like, like a big sports guy. And then it kind of just didn't 
work out. I kind of just liked being in the theater more. <laughs> and then, uh, and yeah, and there was just, that's what I want to do and move to LA kind of right after high school. Yeah, you know, I got to say, Skylar, to support that point, like there's like I, I, I'm the same way, but I'm not an actor, obviously. But like I, there's times I'm watching the Patriots or whatever. I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. But, 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 you know, there's times there's times where like, you know what, whether it's sports or and I still I love sports. I'm like, I would so rather be into this show that I'm streaming on whatever network. Like, like, I don't know. There's sometimes I feel that way. Like, you know, what I'm saying like, it's, it's not that I don't, yeah, it's not that I don't like sports, but it's like it's like what a waste of time. I watch this team play. They suck. And it's like. I don't know. So I kind of get where you're coming from in, in, in an odd way. Yeah. And like, I still, you know, I still recreationally play. I love soccer. So I play soccer all the time and um, just like with buddies and kind of on the weekends and stuff. But I, I just, yeah, there's just something about this industry that keeps kind of pulling me back in. So you would Ted Lasso guy. Oh, totally. Love that show. You watched it twice. (laughs) So you have to be honored that you and Crystal Fernandez have been on the best podcast in the United States, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is such a great show. Are you more of um, an MLS guy or international soccer or both? Um, I I just love watching it. I'm definitely more international, but... um, I mean, it's always fun to find an MLS game somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And one thing that I did read about you was um, if we talk about a movie or a show where you mentioned you're singing and, and, and dance and so forth in high school, but um, Gladiator is a movie that really hit home for you, right? Yeah. So I, I saw that in, um, in high school and was like, I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And it was kind of, that was the solidifying film that and Lord of the Rings. But uh, <laughs> two fantastic choices, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. something that can kind of pull me out of my own life and and make me forget about where I'm at and be totally immersed is, you know, that's what something I want to be a part of. Gladiator is almost like the perfect, like action drama slash historical movie. Like it's, it's so well done. I mean, it's from the music to, to the way it's shot. Um, and, and there's so many scenes that I think about on a daily basis, right? The, the scene at the end where he's, he's going through the dirt and he's like, you know, there's just so it's such a deep <laughs> movie, right? Yeah. It has everything. It has everything. <laughs> Good call. But you know, you moved to LA at, at 17 kind of, if I have this yeah. right, I hope I do um, alone um, kind of leaving the ones you love like or people that you care about uh, talk about that transition in your life Skelly. that that's not easy I mean that can't be easy for you but it, it shows the fact that you're really passionate and you're going after your, your your goals right because that people do that a lot not a lot but they, they do that not knowing what the results going to be from your perspective talk about that and how that kind of played out for you yeah um, so I got into school in Washington at Puget Sound, um, and I was going to go to school there, and I got an opportunity uh, in L.A. to just – it was just an audition, <laughs> but uh, it was an audition for uh, Victorious, and so it was uh, – I kind of had a choice, <laughs> and I was only 17. I wasn't even 18 yet. Um, found some roommates on Craigslist. And kind of just called the school and was like, Hey, thanks, but no, thanks. I'm going to pursue my dreams and goals. And, um, yeah, I just kind of left and it was just my mom and I, so she kind of, she wasn't very far away. So it was, it was an easier transition than most, I think, you know, it wasn't like moving across the country. Right. Um, but you know, it was with three people I didn't know and, <laughs> 
kind of brand new in a new city and uh yeah just kind of went for it skylar is mom still around to see all the wonderful things you've accomplished yes she is and, and uh, she, to say she must be proud of you is that understatement <laughs> she's very proud of me she's she's been a little skeptical here and there but um but yeah she just wants me to be happy and stable <laughs> yeah it's kind of hard starting out in this industry is you know it's kind of hit or miss yeah you almost uh, think yeah and, and and the fact that you know you took that risk is huge and what's the toughest non-acting job you've ever had skylar um i was an emt for a couple of years wow yeah and that one was that one was difficult just i mean kind of all-encompassing it was uh obviously a, a new job, totally new career direction. Um, and so I went to school for that for like a few months and then got my certificate, kind of started doing that and just kind of went all downhill. So many stories of just bad timing, being at the wrong place, at the wrong time, people jumping out of the ambulance, um, <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, that was probably the hardest job. I've ever had uh, a, a crazy question. Well, not a crazy question, but, but I, I guess maybe I'm thinking too deep here. Is there anything you can pull out of your experience as an EMT that you use for acting? Oh, all the time, all the time. I mean, I, it was, it was an insane experience, but I mean, I wouldn't have changed it. it I, there's so many things to pull from that job. And, um, just in like the, the most recent, uh, I was in nine one one Lone Star mm-hmm. and, I was a victim on that show and I, you know, so so many, that's what I did for two years, you know? So there's so many things that I could pull from, from that job and kind of, uh, use it in on screen. Yeah. And there's a movie I always think about, I want to say it was with Nick Cage came out in 99. Um, it was called bringing out the dead replays an ambulance driver. And it still sticks with me to this day of, of what he was directed by Martin Scorsese. The stuff he went through in that as as an, as an ambulance driver, as you know, and you as an EMT, it's just, it's all, there's nothing that you can expect to be like routine, right? Everything's always a surprise. You're always on your toes. You see things that I imagine don't leave you very easily. So it's like between that movie and just knowing what you've done. I mean, that's, that's a tough career path, man. You're the non-acting part, you know? Right, right. No, it was, it was insane, man. I mean, you think that you're just going to be transporting somebody and then, you know, turns out that they think you're going to kill them and then they rip out of their restraints and run into traffic and you had to trace them down and it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, the first big break is, is first man in 2018. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the biggest, I've done little stuff, but that was probably the biggest one to kind of put me into another tier, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But, but before before we get to that, like I, I thought I read where like you were I want to say it was you were emailing just tons of people. I, I think it was <laughs> I, I hope I have this right, just tons of people. And long story short, and I probably should let you tell the the, the, the full version because it's probably more accurate and effective, but you know, you're emailing tons of people and you end up as I want to say a um, Lord of the Ring movie tours uh, guide in New Zealand. Do I have that right? Can you connect some of those dots for me? <laughs> <laughs> um so my <laughs> obviously gladiator and Lord of the Rings as it was a huge, uh, propulsion, I guess, to get me into this industry. And, um, there's Lord of the Rings show. And so that was, 
I am determined to be on that show. Uh, and I kind of, when it got announced, I put together the dots of, you know, where are they going to shoot it? It's a billion dollar show. They're probably going to shoot it in New Zealand. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I just emailed every manager, every agent pretty much in New Zealand. I think I sent maybe 60 to a hundred emails each like individualized and personalized and just kind of saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I've done. Would love to read for you. Would love to work with you so I can be in that area for this. And two, I think two people got back to me. Um, and, uh, one of them wanted me to read and send them tapes. They liked the tapes and they signed me. And then I flew out there <laughs> to meet them and then, uh, been signed with them ever since. So it's kind of, a yeah, <laughs> but as far as the Lord of the Rings tour guide, I just went there and I just visited Hobbiton. I think Hobbiton's like down there in New Zealand. Gotcha. And, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a nerdy thing, but I was, <laughs> but it's not though. It's not, I think it's great. <laughs> so I was just, you know, there's a bunch of little, uh, like family and groups, couples, kind of all that stuff. And I was just by myself. And so I was just walking around kind of taking pictures and going to all like the movie site, you know, where all the scenes are in Hobbiton they have. And, uh, I had just a couple people come up and ask me questions and I would answer the questions. So I, I like know all the trivia and stuff. <laughs> And then I kept getting <laughs> like tour tours like coming up to me and asking me questions. And then I started to kind of, I did a mini tour guide, I guess. <laughs> well, I was there. But you know what? There's nothing, because I had an actor, I want to say about a month ago, maybe two. She worked as one of the characters at Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, hey, man, if it's in the path and it gets you to where you are. Nothing's too nerdy, right? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> For sure. But you also had the tough of the, 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 the difficulty of, you know, homelessness, living out of your car, right? You had that part too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang, it's been a journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so talk, if you don't mind, just touch yeah. upon, just touch upon those, those moments for you that, that, that you had to go through. Um, so probably within like the first three years of living in LA, um, you know, this job's crazy. You do extra work when you first start out. You do little tiny commercials when you first start out. Um, so it's, you know, you, you try to get little jobs and then those little jobs don't pay very well. So then it's, you know, you're, um, I know I was kind of like in between housing and I just had my car I was trying to like wait on this apartment, but I didn't have enough money. So I was still kind of like working and doing extra work. And so I would, kind of couch hop, but also mainly just live in my car. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, definitely a good experience to have, you know, definitely grounded me for sure. So you, so uh, you're, so you're all in, I mean, when it came to that, at that point in your life, you're all is either this works or it doesn't, but I'm, I'm, I'm committing everything I have to this. Yeah. And I, every time that I've tried another career path, um, whether that be the EMT or, or, you know, compute, I've always been the computers and kind of it side. Um, if I tried like going that direction and being, you know, it security or whatever it may be, I've always been pulled back to this industry somehow, whether it be a job or a friend offering me something or, 
Hey, do you want to work on this show for three days as a PA or like whatever it may be? There's always somebody that like kind of pulls me back into this industry. And I, you know, it's just a, it's a passion that will never go away. <laughs> I've come to realize. Yeah. And, and ne- ne- never been tempted to, to, to get something more stable. Never, never at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because listen, the infrequency caused you to live out of your car for a while. I mean, that's tough. I mean, so is there ever yeah. a temptation like to do both? Right. So, you know what? I'll do uh whatever. I'll do an IT job until I land this role or get some more auditions and any temptation to juggle both. Or is that just too difficult? No, definitely. I mean, I've tried to, to juggle both and kind of do it, but I feel like my focus is pulled, even if it's 10%, 20% of my focus that's pulled in that other direction is 10 or 20% that could be put into this industry. And whether that be, you know, every day you got to be doing something, you know, it's you, you are your own business. And so, you know, if you're not a hundred percent in somebody else will be. Mm. And, and so it's kind of a, it's what are you kind of willing to put up there for this if you truly want it? Cause I know that there are people out there that do truly want it and will get there eventually. And so if I'm going to be competing with these people, I got to do the same thing too, you know? Yeah. And I've heard you talk, you know, when you're talking about your experiences in your filmography, the, 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 the sets you've been on, the crews you've worked with, you always refer, and if I'm being over the top, please set me straight, but <laughs> you, you, you always refer to the, the people you work with as family, the cat, not just the cast or the, the person that's number one or two on the call sheet. You refer to everybody, cameramen, Whoever script, oh yeah, screenwriter. You always you use the word family a lot when you talk about. It. I, I I find that very telling about kind of who you are. Like it, it like people say that kind of it is it's complete bullshit. But when you were saying, it, I'm like, this is what this guy is really emphasizing and what he's trying to drive home. I thought it was really sincere. Is that kind of how you approach every set you're on? Because I feel like, like I said, people kind of kiss ass to the person that's one or two, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of value the whole process and everybody involved in the process. 100%. I mean, if I could be on set every day of my life, I would be. Um, and it's, it's just, it's true. You're on set with people for, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, all of those people become that like another family, you know, you're spending 12, 14 hour days with them having lunch and working. And, you know, it's just like, it, it becomes this, camaraderie, this, um, I don't know, this, this second family that you never want to leave, you know, that becomes this, like I work with a production company, uh, vanishing angle who makes a bunch of different films and shows and shorts and kind of all this stuff. And the second that I worked with them on one short, I knew that I wanted to, to continue to just be around them, whether that be in front of the camera or not, you know, running and getting coffee. I just wanted to be around these people who are doing what they love and which is what I'm trying to do, you know? Yeah. So that's really well said. Um, you know, so, uh, so I, the acting part I get, how do you prepare for the stunt work? Cause you've done a few stunts, right? Like I, I'm picturing like when I, when I, when people talk about stunt work, cause it's so, 
it's such an under, we talk about, you know, underappreciated members of a set or a cast or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or crew, um, a stunt, stunt work would probably be one or two in that order. So how do you, how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for any type of stunt work? I always think of the guys from Jackass, like they just launch themselves out into an <laughs> abyss, right? Like, those, like people can say whatever they want about those guys, but those guys give it all like, and, and I have so oh, yeah. much admiration for them. Um, so how, much respect, yeah. yeah, absolutely. How, how do you, how do you prepare for that? How do you kind of, what did you do to get ready for that? I mean, it kind of depends on the role itself, but right. as far as just like stunts in general, um, it's just training. It's just as train and train and train and, um, as much as possible. And I'm relatively new. I've been in stunts maybe three or four years and I'm like relatively new to it. So there's so much experience and so much like even just a family, um, family business aspect to it too, of like, you know, there's, there'll be families that they've done stunts for generations, you know, so they pass on their skills and techniques and training and, and coaching and kind of all that stuff down. Um, but yeah, just lots of training, lots, lots of training. Yeah. So I, I had a few quick, quick questions. So three entries in your filmography specifically first man, which we mentioned was your really, your big, your first big, big break. Um, talk about that experience. Um, you play Richard Gordon for those listening. Um, you did speak to him on the phone. There's a really great story there. Whatever you want to add Skylar to first, cause I'm going to tell you, I can gobble up anything sci-fi, whether it's Ad Astra <laughs> interstellar. I loved first man. I mean, that scene where those astronauts, which I mean, obviously actually happened for those, listening um where, where they blow up or where they where the whole thing is is just yeah. i mean that was one of the most difficult scenes i think i've ever seen in a theater i mean that was tough like that was tough to see like the, that these were actual men that were they were willing to go to, to the next it's the same type of sacrifice a soldier would have right it's it's, right. it's pretty amazing stuff um just talk a little bit about anything you wanted to add to your experience on first man what a what a terrific and, and, and wonderful movie i mean it was just a, a master class of of filmmaking acting everything um it's just kind of you know and i'll shut ears and eyes open uh it was just, it was amazing. And I mean, Damien Chazelle was amazing as well. Kind of, uh, very, very collaborative, very chill, very grounded, um, would take suggestions. <laughs> hey, can I try this? I want to try this. I think he would, you know, I think he would say this to, to Pete Conrad, you know, um, and you say, yeah, go for it, go for it, do it. Um, and just everybody on that set, it was just a very, <laughs> it always feels like a dream. Um, but yeah, and I was portraying an actual guy though, man, that's, that's tough. If, if I was an actor, yeah. like, but you have a phone call with Richard Gordon, right? And that kind of is a little bit yeah. intriguing too, right? Funny, yeah, so funny I, too. Uh, uh, so I tried, I, my role wasn't huge, but I wanted to kind of, I wanted to do the due diligence of kind of seeing if I could talk to him. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I contacted, uh, a nonprofit organization who had worked with him before who was, I, I kind of just kind of threw it out there and was like, Hey, I'm doing this movie. Um, I'm playing, I'm playing Richard Gordon. I just wanted to, to see if I could talk to him for a second. And she like reached out to him. He agreed to do it. And it was, I don't know, a 15 minute call, but he was so, <laughs> he was great. He was amazing. Um, he, he told me that, uh, 
I asked him about, you know, what, what was it like being on the far side of the moon? Uh, actually I asked, what was it like being on the dark side of the moon? <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. It's the far side of the moon. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's hilarious. He's like one of the funniest guys I've ever talked to. Uh, I, cause he was alone. He was, you know, he was, um, once, uh, Alan and Pete went down to, uh, the surface of the moon, he was orbiting alone. And I asked him how that was, if he was, you know, just kind of what that experience was like. And, uh, he was like, Oh, if you knew those guys, it was, it was nice to have the peace and quiet. <laughs> wow. Just crazy. Yeah. Um, but, but he also uh, said, you better be good. Look, you already, he said, you, 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 you better. Yeah. Have- he checked, <laughs> <laughs> he had checked up and looked me up just to make sure I was good looking enough to play him. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you your looks work for you, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, that was that was just an insane experience just to be able to talk to one of the twenty four people that have been to the moon. You know, Skyler, he had to um, pass shortly after that phone call. I want to say because he passed in two thousand seventeen. So I'm guessing it was in that ballpark, right? I hope it I was two weeks after I talked. Wow. Yeah. The um, I think her name was Jen, but. Uh, the nonprofit lady that I talked to called me up again and just, and told me, and it was not very long after I talked to him at all. So that was, uh, yeah. But I'm glad that I was able to kind of let him know that I was playing him in a movie and I was able to talk to him and Hey, to know that you're portrayed on screen, man, that's the biggest form of compliment you can ever give somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to tell you this week I was, I try to run uh, once, once a day for about, you know, 60 to 90 minutes and I run in the woods and there was a full moon and I knew I was going to talk to you and I, and I was just thinking about our interview, how I was going to craft the questions and, I just had like this weird, it's going to sound so awkward. I had this moment where I, I'm just like, it was a full moon. I'm looking at the moon and it's so hard. Like you mentioned 24 people. It's just so hard to fathom. Like it finally hit me, right? I'm 48 years old. I, I've known forever that there's been people on the moon. I've seen a ton of sci-fi stuff, but I had this crisp, clear shot of the moon. And I'm like, we've actually put people like, what a lofty, unbelievable goal that is. Like, it sounds so generic. Yeah, put a man on the moon, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's so huge. It's so amazing. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little bit over the top here, but. No, no, it's it's unfathomable. Like, if you think about what goes into all of that and just, just to, what goes into just traveling there. Yes. Let alone landing on it, but like just traveling there is an insane feat to accomplish. <laughs> that is so well said. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. And, and I'm so happy that I saw you in that. One of my favorite movies, certainly of, of recent memory. Uh, I did want to ask you uh, uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow and about uh, Jim Cummings, who might be the most underrated, uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, movie maker, maybe actor as well. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, he does a lot of things really well. He really loves making movies. Is this guy one of the most underrated people on the on the planet when it comes to acting and directing? Oh, 100%. I mean, he also wrote the thing, too. Yes. Um, so he, I mean, he does everything. A, a follow-up to Thunder Road, I should I should add. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he wrote, directed, and starred in this film and has done that with his other features as well. Um and just, I mean, he's a rock star. He's, he's 
also like the coolest human ever too. Um, totally. I mean, if I had questions, if I wanted to run lines, if I wanted to, to ask about a scene, ask about a character trait, anything, he would drop what he was doing and kind of sit down and talk and work it out. And, um, but yeah, I, I he's, he's headed for, <laughs> for greatness for sure. He's already there, but great movie to be involved with. Right. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. I mean, and you sound like yeah. a guy who, who's when he's, I mean, the, the two entries I mentioned in your filmography, talk about two people. And like you just, you said earlier, all years, talk about two people you should be all years with certainly the two guys we just talked about. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Jim's been doing it forever and he just, he's all for making movies on your own and you can make movies on your own. And it's true. And they come out great clearly, you know, and you get to work with your friends who turn into family and you get to, it's just, a, he's an, a huge advocate for that. And so am I, and it's, it's great to, have been a part of that, at least one of them, you know. No, oh, that's awesome. And, and I wanted to end the interview just talking about Book of Boba Fett, man. We're into this show, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> um, but I got to tell you, you know, people, I always have a- actors say, oh, it was a small part. I don't buy it. I don't buy it to small part because that's just nonsense. I mean, you take, I mean, you talk about a, a part that is you know, legendary with star Wars fans. Come on now. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's great. I mean, and, and, and I've been following you on Instagram. I see how much you love, like you love being a part of this and that yeah. as a fan. <laughs> and I'm telling you as fan, as a fan of, of, of star Wars and so many other universes, as, as I'm sure you are, people love knowing that you love being part of this. Does that make sense? Yeah, Totally. So, so how, how did you get into this? How were you involved in this? Because, uh, that second episode, as soon as I saw the two of you, I'm like, got it. But Skylar, tell me how that worked, how this all evolved for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got an NDA sent to me by my agent and was, didn't really say anything about what the project was. Um, but at the bottom it said, uh, LucasArts Inc. And so I had, I had like a, a feeling I kind of knew it was that, um, but I had no idea what show there's, you know, five, six shows happening all kind of announced around that time that I got the audition for it. Um, so I had no idea what show it was going to be for. And it was a quick scene. It was like one page, not the scene that I had done either. It was some random (laughs) scene that they had made up. Um, and yeah, I just, I, a couple weeks later got a call, told me I was the top pick and then booked it. And, um, and just on set still had no idea what show it was <laughs> still didn't even know what my character was until I went to like my wardrobe fitting, which Jeez. is, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know, some of the websites that were writing about, you know, the importance of your character, they, they use words like, uh, non-canon and canon. And I wish they would be more specific because I tell you, if you were to ask a hundred movie fans, what these terms mean, I'm, I'm going to bet less than 20% would know it. Is that correct? So, so non-canon, just to clarify, means that uh, somebody's uh, performance in a movie doesn't go with the storyline. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. And I think it falls under, uh, like, non-canon is Legends, I, I believe. Yes, yes, um, it, yes. So, so, so let me make a long story short. So your... Your entry as 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 uh, uh, Lays uh, uh, Lozner um, that um, that's that now officially becomes canon, right? Because you're now yeah. because because of the book of Boba Fett, you now become part of the 
the the Star Wars universe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Which is crazy, and I just found that out maybe maybe three days ago. Um, that uh, that that's what the appearance on screen did for that character um, was just made him canon because he was in the deleted scene, so he wasn't canon yet. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. And and for those that don't know, it's part of a deleted scene from the New Hope 1977. It was cut out for a variety of reasons. Um, I think uh, George Lucas wanted to make it sound more um, authentic by having, you know, just Skywalker and the audience kind of be on the same page. Uh, I really think the deleted scene could have worked if they edited it a little bit. Uh, what's your take when you when you realize what you're a part of? Um, not necessarily the, the project, but the s- specifics of the project. When you realize all of this, uh, Skyler, how does it hit you? I mean, I've always been a star Wars fan kind of all my life ever since I saw it. And, uh, just to be a part of the universe in any facet, let alone this one, which is a huge, uh, opportunity just to kind of be, (laughs) be, uh, you know, um, that character from the deleted scene that everybody talks about. That's one of the only deleted scenes from that movie. Um, it's huge. And I, I, I still have to pinch myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm so grateful for it. It's crazy. Yeah. And if I would stop butchering his name, it's Lays Lone Osner. Is that the correct way to pronounce it? Skylar? Yeah, uh, Lays Lays Lonozner. Lays Lonozner. I keep butchering that name. I mean, it's not something I hear. (laughs) But but there's a huge backstory with him and Tashi Station. So as as a Star Wars fan, I mean, that's that's just got to be the ultimate. You know, uh, I mean, Jesus. I mean, here I am thinking about that moment with the two of you. (laughs) Uh, uh, What was uh, when when that unfolds and you're watching it at home, or or friends are kind of chirping in and and, you know congratulating you. I'm sure. Um, How's that feel on your end, Skyler? It just feels amazing. <laughs> amazing. This is the fact that it, you know, I didn't, when you're on set and you're shooting it, you don't know what's, what's going to make it into the cut either, you know? And so I'm just glad that the moments that I was hoping were going to be on screen made it on screen. Um, and I'm just, I'm glad that the scene worked. You know, I'm glad that like this, the, the moments were there and the, um, just the interactions between Boba. I mean, I just being in a scene with Boba Fett alone. (laughs) Yeah. That's, Um, that's so awesome. Yeah. 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 And you know, the the one thing that, well, many things Disney does well, but one of the things they really do well is how they blend. And I'm so happy they incorporated your character lays for the record. Um, (laughs) they, They incorporated your character with the future, right? So Disney's doing a wonderful job. And I think for the, for different reasons, uh, Cobra Kai and Karate Kid are kind of doing the same thing, right? They're taking generation now from a generation, you know, 1977, and they're putting things together, which is a really effective, beautiful, and perfect way to go about this, Skylar. And it's totally audience driven too, which is like, that's what the thought is, you know, when they're writing these is, is what's going to make the audience happy. What does the audience want to watch? And I think that's a, an amazing writing tactic. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah. And if, if I'm not uh, incorrect, Skyler, you were in the trailer as well, right? Yeah, which was <laughs> crazy too. 
Um, but yeah, well, that, I made it in there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but but the, uh, obviously, if you signed an NDA for for you know earlier, you probably can't answer this. But this op- let's be all generic in how I phrase this. This 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 could open doors, right? Potentially, yeah. I, I mean, mean this are, could open doors. It could very much open doors, and I'm very much uh, hoping that it will. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know like where it could go, but people seem to like it and they are shooting Mando three right now. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to say there's, uh, you know, when we look at this big, this big universe and, you know, we talk about, you know, uncle Owen and Aunt Bev, I really feel like, um, that, that we really don't have a, there, there, there's, when you watch that, that a new hope, you don't see like Skywalker is kind of a, he's portrayed as a lonely kind of guy early on, early in the movie, right? He's got his yeah. aunt, his uncle. So that's why I think this deleted scene and it's available on YouTube. I, I, I think would have been great if they introduced it in some way, right? So he does make reference to, you know, he has a um, Biggs. This is one of the dark, uh, dark later is one of his friends. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. He's an X-wing fighter, legendary guy, but, but, but I feel like Skywalker's kind of alone in that early on. I feel like it would have been nice if this was introduced, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like, yeah. And they're like best friends, like ladies and Skywalker. Are like great friends, and that's that's kind of in the comics and the and the the legends and stuff. But yeah, it's not really shown on screen at all. It's kind of like a, a, not not in a funny way, but a Ferris Bueller. Like there's it's the girl, it's the guy. It's it's kind of like the, it's not silly like that, but it's it's that close bond that they totally. have. Yeah. So it's um uh, so so a couple questions for you and before I let you go. Thank you so much for all of this. Um, yeah. As this has been unfolding, you know, you know, it, it, we talk about all of this and, and how it unfolds and Star Wars. So, so, what was your take on the Star Wars franchise before this? Right? Is there a movie that you're more partial to? Is there um, a character you're partial to? So, I, I'll leave it there. What in the Star Wars universe is there a character or a movie that you are just all in on? I have a guess. I have a guess, but I want, I want to hear you say it. <laughs> um. I'm I'm an Empire Strikes Back. Uh, that's that's the movie I I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, Vader. I'm a Vader fan <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, I think he's a, just a great, great character. <laughs> it's just he's so fun to play. He has all the fights. He has all the intense scenes. He's intimidating. He's got the suit. He's got. He kind of gets all the all the perks. Um, and it's James Earl Jones. We can't get, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's true. And you know what? Early on in the, A New Hope, boy, does Luke Skywalker shit on Tatooine. He's like, you know, this place stinks. You know, picture your. He basically says, picture your picture your dream place, and then picture the furthest place from that. That's where Tatooine is. Like, like. But I'm gonna say, right. you take any Star Wars movie, take them all, add them up. The most iconic and beautiful scene is Skywalker staring off into the two suns. Like that's by far, yeah. I, you know what I'm talking 100%. about. That is the best scene, maybe in all of cinema. I think, as far as you know, how it looks on screen. Never mind the fact that it was shot in '77. I mean, that's phenomenal. Yeah, and it's just iconic. You see that it's still anywhere, and you're, oh, that's exactly where that is. That's what that's from. Yeah, man, uh, people are all over uh, Book of Boba Fett, as they should be. It is just so well done. And again, I love the mix of, of old school people and, and the, the new generations can appreciate that. Um, um, two last questions for you. Uh, you talk, We talked a little uh, Vader, a uh, little Anakin. Um, are you psyched for Kenobi? 
Oh, so excited. And so excited that Ewan McGregor is going to be Kenobi again. Well, and Anakin's going to be played by uh, uh, Christensen. Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be fun as hell. Yeah. It's just a, it's like a, we grew up on those movies, you know, and that's like, I don't know. It's just fun. It's going to be fun to, to see them again together and having a, I mean, even Ewan McGregor says that he loves, you know, he makes the, <laughs> the lightsaber noises when he practices and does the training and stuff, um, as he swings the stick around. So it's, <laughs> you know, he has fun on those sets for sure. Uh, any, any, um, uh, conversation that you had with either, uh, Favreau or Dave Filoni, any, any, did you, have you, have, did you have a chance to talk to either one of those guys? Yeah, so Steph Green, the director of that episode, um, wasn't able to be on set that day. So she was in quarantine for another show. And so she was on, like, FaceTime. Um, and so John John Favre was kind of our director for that scene. And so he was there and kind of just giving us pointers and telling us to just live in the scene and giving us different lines and just his main thing was just be in the moment and play, have fun, do your thing. And if you know, you forget a line or do whatever, just stay in the moment, be with each other, stay in the scene and have fun. That was kind of like his main thing. And I, I mean, it was one of the best sets I've ever been on just amount of respect. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, how about Favreau reinventing the Star Wars universe and kicking ass in the Marvel universe as recently as the, the, the you know No Way Home, the Spider Man movie? I mean, what what can't Favreau do? Right? I feel like that should be like a bumper sticker. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, man, everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah, yeah. So before I let you go, what lies ahead for you? What can people expect? What What do you want to throw out there? I'll, I'll leave this to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see what this uh, <laughs> what the Star Wars door leads to. Um, but uh, shooting a movie in April, uh, as well as uh, just looking for that Lord of the Rings audition. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're way too talented to, 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 to not have a job for very long. And, I, and I'm so psyched and happy to see what the, what the future brings for you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, man. You're, you're a really good dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com. 